Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking and I am your host, Kathy Cook Noble. I am so excited. It's always so much fun to just a be here at the Inspired Choices Network and I encourage anyone out there who's thinking, oh, I'd really like to do that. Can I? You, Yes, you can and it is as much fun as you think it could be. And B, I'm, we get to talk about money. I mean, really, what else is, what else can you do that's more fun, right? Talk about money on the radio with people. It's, it's so much fun. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, for those of you that just joined us for the first time, um, I am a financial advisor by day as well as I have a bookkeeping company and, and we get to spend our days talking about numbers and being in numbers and putting puzzles together for people on their numbers and it's all about the numbers and the money and if that scares you a little bit, then you are listening to the right show because we take all that and we just take it down to what matters to you. And we talk about your stuff, your money, your finances, because at the end of the day, really, what do you care about? You care about your stuff. Do you really care about the richest man in the world and how much money he's got and whether or not he and his wife that just divorced, he kept how many shares and how many multiple billions of dollars? Do you really care about that? No, I don't think so. I don't think you really care how many planes or houses or boats or anything else he has. I think what people care about when I talk to them is what they have. And then they care about what they have and how they can keep it and how they can maximize it and do the best they can with it. And even when we get talking about stuff, I want to know how can I give this to my family and my next generation? So we can we talk about different things like how do we pass stuff on to the next generation and make it tax efficient? And how do we... Uh, talk to our kids about money because if we are accumulating wealth and we're saving up our, our money and our stuff and we're going to leave it to the next generation, we want to make sure the next generation knows what to do with it, at least not just blow it all in the first you know 10 days that they got it. So those are all things that we want to talk about. And, and as much as I love the financial part and as much as I love talking about money, because I really do and I talk about it all the time, probably... I'm super annoying to live with. You can ask my family. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe don't actually. Don't ask them. But uh, the one thing that I, I think is super fun is when you're talking about people's stuff they and you, you can put it in a way that they understand, which you absolutely can understand, by the way. It's not all in acronyms that you can't understand. That's what we're going to talk about today, all these acronyms. But you understand your own stuff. And when you get a handle of it on it, I find everybody that, that gets to this aha, I get it. That's I get it. That's how it grows. That's how it works. Then it actually does become fun. So once you get past that 60 seconds of fear before you start talking to somebody about it, then all of a sudden it's like you opened up these floodgates of, okay, now it's fun. And now I understand it. Now I want to do more and I want to understand more. And that's when uh, all the magic really happens and you get seeing compounding interest. And that's where you just get money on money, on money, on money. And that's kind of a fun thing too. You know when they say money makes money? That's pretty much what compound interest is. So that's what we do. Uh, if you have any questions, if there's any topics that you want to hear that we haven't talked about, just email me, uh, log in to our chat room and suggest stuff on the on our website, on our um, 
uh, network and we will be, I'm happy to talk to anybody about any topics that they want. And actually, that's what happened. So I put that out on my Facebook page and some social media in the world of social media. Um, I put that out and I said, what do people want to hear? And I got a whole slew of topics that people wanted. And it was so cool because some of the topics I thought I wouldn't even have thought of. And other topics I thought, oh, who's going to want to hear that? And I had multiple people tell me they wanted it. And then I had some young people, and when I say young, I mean in their 20s, that have started out in work, and they had questions about different topics. So it was very cool to see the different topics between age groups and the different topics between genders on what people wanted to hear. And I found there was more of a difference between ages than there was genders, because men and women, both you know, whether they're in their 20s or their 40s or their 50s, doesn't matter. They all want to know something about their money. And it was it was exciting. It was very cool for me and very exciting. So these next few weeks, this summer, I'm going to tackle all the topics that people ask me to talk about. So if you're out there and you're thinking, you know, she's never really talked about mortgages or she's never really talked about bank accounts, um, send it in as a topic and we'll talk about it. We'll 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 make it... I'll dissect it and I'll put it together for you and say this is the easy way to understand it and how it affects you and your topic, you will understand it. So reach out, listen to us on the network, see what you like, see what you want to add. Um, and if you're thinking you want to be a host, I would check in on that because it's pretty cool and there's some pretty cool people that you get to meet when you're on the on the Inspired Choices Network. There's a whole great energy of of people and there's a whole energy of shows and, you know, it's funny because finances, I, you know, obviously I'm biased and I always think finances are the, the, the forefronter and the most important, but the reality is it all works together. So when you listen to the other shows about parenting and that obviously plays into how people raise their children and the mindset they give them. And then you talk, you listen to show on consciousness and how that affects your perception on life and, your goals and your limiting beliefs and then you listen to a show on finance and you see that geez all this stuff starts to work together and there's just so many of the different shows on the network that uh, really tie together nicely and you think they're completely separate independent topics and they actually all relate really well together so feel free to reach out to any of us here at the Inspired Choices Network we are always excited to talk to people so tonight we are going to talk about acronyms because Sometimes when you're listening to financial people talk and or you're listening to financial shows, it feels like they're talking in acronyms. So they get talking about what the MERs are and they get talking about ETFs and EFTs and they talk about RESPs and RSPs and TFSAs and, and then they say RIFs and sometimes it's RRIF and, and then you're like, what are we talking about, right? And then if you really listen to some of the people, and we're not going to get into some of this complicated math because it doesn't affect us. We don't need to calculate beta and all that other stuff when it comes to stocks and mutual funds and bonds and everything. We don't need to do that. That's what professional money managers are for. What we need is to understand what we're putting our money in. What we need is to understand what we're doing with our money, not just with investing, but also with everyday spending. What we need to do is understand that how much money did we spend at that coffee shop this month and not realize that we spent $100 on coffee and we really ended up being short on our insurance payment or something. So those are the things that we talk about here because that's really what matters is, is what happens to our stuff, right? So tonight we're going to talk about uh, acronyms. So I'm going to start with 
um, some pretty uh, popular acronyms that you probably hear all the time, and especially here January, February, March. You always hear people talking about RSPs. And I'm going to just put it right out here as my biggest pet peeve, RSP season. I'm like, no, it's not a season. It's planning all year. And for me, I don't do RSP season because I think if I'm doing good planning for people during the year, that means we've worked that into our plan January to December. It's not just a rush January, February, March. But I know there's very few things that we can do in Canada around tax time when we realize that, oh, we want to reduce our taxable income and get a refund and that's where the RSPs come in. So what is an RSP? There's it's an RRSP is a registered retirement savings plan. And this is very similar for those of you listening that are American, it's very similar to your IRA and a TFSA is very similar to your Roth IRA. And what that means is a registered retirement savings plan is meant to act like a pension. So you put money in and it grows tax deferred. Deferred is the key word. It is not tax free. It is not tax never. It is tax deferred. You are paying tax. You are paying it somewhere down the line in the future. So whenever you take the money out, that's when you pay your tax. So when you grow your money tax deferred, that means that The tax is coming out at the withdrawal, so you have more money growing at the time of your investment or your savings. So in this case, we're going to talk about the RSP and your IRA as a growing investment that you're saving for your future. So most people out here in Canada and the U.S., and and generally it's a global situation in pensions, they are not something that you're seeing a lot of. Pensions are, are not most the most popular anymore. Corporations are either cutting back or eliminating them. The government's cut back on new hires and different levels of government have cut back on pensions. So pensions are becoming like a thing of the dinosaur. Not yet. They're not quite there. But in, in the private sector, it's pretty tough to find a, a really solid pension. So when we retire, we have to rely on ourselves and saving our money and putting it away for when we retire. That's what an RSP is, is meant to be like, it's meant to be like a pension. So what happens is you put this money away in this boat of called this vehicle called an RRSP and this registered retirement savings plan grows and grows and grows. And theoretically what happens is it grows to this number that you need for retirement. And then when you retire at your magic age of 65 or 68 or 70 or whatever number it is, then you start drawing money out of your RSP as your income, which is like a pension. Now, what happens, though, is at age 71 in Canada, that RSP gets converted, and this is required by law, it gets converted to something called an RRIF, which is a Registered Retirement Income Fund. And the RIF, as they're they're known, is where you start drawing the money. So when you have that money coming out, it is taxable because income is taxable. And however much you take out determines how much tax you pay because that is determined by your marginal tax rate. So we all know every year that we're filing our taxes, at least we should be. So if you aren't, don't tell me about it because you should be filing your taxes every year. Then you are are either paying tax or being calculated to pay tax 
at your marginal tax rate. And your marginal tax rate is the amount of money you made, the bracket you fall in. So for example, if in Canada you made uh, up to $47,630 of taxable income, then you're taxed at 15% on that first 47000 The next bracket jumps up to 20.5 and then 26 and on and on and on. So it just jumps up. Same in the United States. So you, you all start at a lower tax rate, a tax bracket, and then you go up. And from more money you make, the more tax you pay. So that's, we're not going to get into the accounting of it where accountants, they, you know, you have tax credits and all this stuff. But for the most part, you make a certain amount of money, you pay at a certain tax rate. And that's the same thing when you retire. So if you take out $40,000 from your your registered retirement income fund, you're going to pay different a different tax rate than if you took out $100,000 from your registered retirement income fund. So that, those are really important pieces to the planning because you need to know how much money in tax you're going to be paying based on how much money you're going to be taking out. And just a, a little footnote for you, if, as soon as you turn 71, you have to convert your RSPs into a RIF and you have to start drawing the minimum required out depending on uh, whatever your rate is and your investments. But you have to start taking It's not optional. It's required. And that means you have to start paying some tax on it because the government said, hey, we've let you defer it for 20, 30, 40 years. We want you to start paying tax. And then when you're 91, whether or not you've used it up, whether or not you've claimed it all as income, you have to pay all the tax owing because the government says, listen, we've given you lots of deferred time on it. We want our money now. So just keep that in mind is that because, because that's part of your planning. So when you hear these terms, oh, it's RSPs and RSPs, how do these RSPs affect you down the road in your retirement? So that is our first acronym for the night. We're coming up to our first break. And I'm going to talk to you about uh, our ESPs. We're going to talk about what an RDSP is. Of course, we're going to talk about a GIC because that's probably the, that would be the one acronym that everyone I talk to recognizes, but they don't necessarily know what it means or what it stands for all the time. But they do know they recognize it because it's the one that's advertised the most and it's advertised because that's the one that the the banks are most known for. Um, we're also going to talk about MERs, what they are, and ETFs, and we might even get into the Forex, the Dow, and the TSX. OMG, isn't that exciting? I know. <laughs> so we're excited about these these terms. I know it's uh, it's going to be fun. I'll throw them at you. Sometimes they'll just be definitions, and I'll give you some explanations on the more popular ones. So we're going to take our first break. Uh, you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to talk about acronyms and what they mean. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and this is Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about acronyms. All these acronyms that you see and hear in the financial industry, what do they mean? And really, we're just talking about the ones that matter to you because really, what do we care what the other ones mean? You're never going to use them. You're never going to see them. Let's talk about the main ones that you, you come across and talk about. So before we went to break, we talked about RRSPs and RIFs. So Registered Retirement Savings Plan and Registered Retirement Income Funds, which are the RSP is very similar, like I said, to what is called the IRA and the Roth IRA in the United States. And, uh, or sorry, the IRA is similar to the RSP and the Roth IRA is similar to the TFSA, which is the next one we're going to talk about. Because the IRA is uh, contribution is generally where you get the deduction off of your income. So you get a tax break on it and then you pay the tax when you take any other retirement, just like our RSPs here in Canada. And the other one, the Roth IRA, they're funded with after-tax dollars, so they're not tax-deductible on your income tax return. Also very similar to the TFSA. So those are the that's a general comparison of the two. So just in case you're listening in the United States or you're listening in Canada, you both have uh, tools that you can use with acronyms. <laughs> so the next one we're going to talk about is the TFSA. So that that one's fairly new in Canada, um, just been around for about 10 years. It's the tax-free savings account. Um, and what does that mean, a tax-free savings account? Well, when people say that, they usually are thinking it's a bank account. And I'm always surprised because uh, it, I know it sounds like that because it says tax-free savings account. It really, honestly, the best, it's a great tool, great investment. I think it's the worst name. It should have been a tax-free investment account because you can invest in different funds, you can invest in different stocks, you can invest in different um, types of investments inside of your TFSA. So the the important thing, there's a couple of key pieces about the TFSA. One is yeah, you can only have your own. There is not it's unlike your RSP. We didn't talk about this, but it's similar to your IRA. You can have spousal ones, which means you can do uh, sharing with your spouse, we'll call it, but you can't do that with the TFSA. So one person can only have the TFSA. It can't be shared. It can't be uh, a, an, an account that's co, two co-owners of it. 
So I can only have my own TFSA. Now, having said that, my limit is the important part, not the number of TFSAs. I can have three different TFSAs in three different places, but if they exceed the maximum contribution amount, that's when we get into trouble because that's when the government's like, whoa, wait a second. You have taken way more um, tax-free savings account contribution room than you're allowed, so now we're going to tax you and we're going to give you a penalty on it. So you have to be really careful, and that is the important part. So TFSA, the key is the total contribution of the principal, which in Canada right now is 63500 So if you have no TFSA and you were over 18 in 2009, then you can go out and max it out to 63500 um, which is great because that little tool grows tax-free, just like it said. So the RSP is tax deferred, meaning you're paying it in the future. The TFSA is tax-free. Tax-free, that means no tax, period. No tax when you take it out, no tax on the growth, no tax ever with the TFSA. So the really cool, and there's a lot of really cool things about a lot of these things, and I know we're just t- doing the little highlights on it, and I strongly encourage anybody to go talk to an advisor, get professional advice. It And there's so many, and this, this actually could be its own show on how to pick an advisor, but there's so many different kinds of advisors out there. And I'm just going to do a little sidetracking here just to say, go and meet with an advisor. And if that's somebody that you feel comfortable with, and I mean a comfortable in the point where you can ask questions and not feel like you're a, bothering them, or B, that they think you're stupid, or C, that you should just listen to them and not say anything. If if that person, if you can go into an office and you meet with an advisor and, and that person makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel confident in your own understanding of your stuff, that's the right advisor for you, in my opinion. So find somebody that makes you comfortable, that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas off with. Like, I'm always happy when somebody says, well, can we do this? Like and if I don't know, I'll be like, well, let me look it up. And you know, if I have access to some pretty smart tax people, so I can call and ask on harder questions. So find somebody you feel comfortable with, and then talk to them about what should I be doing? Should I be doing a TFSA? Should I be doing an RSP? Should I leave my money in open money? Should I be putting it in a UL? Ah, yet another acronym we'll talk about. So these are all things that we want to talk about. Tax-free savings account, though, um, with all the great things that you have with it, one of the really great things is um, when you put your money in, you can also withdraw your money and not lose your contribution limit like you do on your RSP. So what does that mean? That means if I put money into my TFSA, say I put $1,000 in, and in December, I decide, oh, I'm going to need $500 for Christmas. Then I can take $500 out without losing that $500 room. So I can put $500 back into my investment later. I don't lose it. So that's the cool thing about it. Versus your RSP, if you take it out, you lose that part of the contribution. You can't put that $500 back in, right? So these are all things that the help of an advisor is um very, very beneficial for. So those are, so we've done RSP, we've done RIF, we've done TFSA. Let's talk about a popular one called RESP. That is a Registered Education Savings Plan. So as you guessed, it is about education. 
And a lot of parents or grandparents, actually, would like to start RESPs for their new babies when they uh, are born. So it's a, and this is one of those things, actually, where I th- it crosses over beautifully with talking to your kids about money because this is a great way you're starting with building up a, an education fund and you can talk to your kids about it and you can see the money grow. Now, in Canada, the RESP also has this nice little bonus that you can get for grant money from the government. And so they'll give you money based on how much you put in, which is so, so cool when you get free money. We always like free money. Now, I used to teach, I used to teach in college and I used to tell my class that anytime you see in Canada, when you see R's like RDSP, RESP, RRSP, RRIF, that first R, although it stands for registered, it could also stand for rules because there's rules that go with the registered money. Now, when you're getting free money from the government, that means there's rules that go with it. That means that there's a certain amount of money you put in to get a certain amount. There's uh, a maximum amount that you can get. In this case, with a, an RESP, the maximum is um, 7200 you can get from a grant. Not exactly small change. Like It's a significant amount of money. It's pretty cool. And But here's the thing. It's an education plan, right? So that means you are going to use it for education. Now, education is not just uh, university. It is not just college. It's also trade school. It's local college. It's night school. There's a lot of education pieces that can go to education, but um, it does need to be education. And you have, and it's not something where you have, uh, gosh, you know, my, my child turned 18 and, and he's decided he's not going to school, post-secondary school. Well, do I lose the money? No, you don't lose the money. They have time to decide. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but I think the age is 30. They have to up till they're 30 before, you know, they can decide about school. So they could take a couple of years off and then, then you can say, oh yeah, now they're going to, uh, go off to become a doctor or become a mechanic or become a hairdresser, whatever they're going to do. And we can use that money towards that. Um, so those are, there are some rules that go with it, but that's just the general concept of an RESP. So I get I get asked about uh, a couple of fun things, <laughs> and we'll talk. I know this isn't an, an is not an acronym, but uh, I do get asked about cryptocurrency, and I don't uh, I don't work in the cryptocurrency world, but I can tell you. When people ask me, they're like, what is what is Bitcoin? What is Ethereum? What is uh, uh, all these other cryptocurrencies that you hear? I mean, you hear different countries that are talking about doing their own cryptocurrency. You know, you, you hear about Bitcoin, Bitgold. You hear, it's all kinds of stuff, right? So anyway, um, cryptocurrency, just in a nutshell, is a digital asset. And that crypto means it's it's. It's being used as a financial transaction. So you're using it instead of money and you're sending it through the cyber world. So it's all done online and it's done through a technology called blockchain. And blockchain is um, it's the financial uh, database that it's being transacted through. So what's going on there is people are, think of it like this. You go into... Now, 
in Canada, you probably know, everybody will know, but the American friends won't. But you go into Canadian Tire, and Canadian Tire used to give you out the Canadian Tire money, right? So you would get so much money, and then you could use that money towards stuff in the store. You could only use it at Canadian Tire, but uh, you could use it kind of like money, right? Because it gave you, uh, it was like a, I think technically it'd be a coupon, but uh, it was it was like a Canadian Tire money. So cryptocurrency is similar where they've made up their own money, their own currency, and they're just doing it 100% online. So there's no physical, tangible coin or dollar that you put in your pocket or you're putting in your hand, but it's all stored online. So you have a wallet online and it, it has how much Bitcoin in there and how much Ethereum in there and how much Litecoin and all those other cryptocurrencies. And then you use that to pay for stuff. So it's just another type of financial um, transaction. So it's also, it's got a lot of uh, new new rules to sort out. It hasn't been officially uh, accepted as currency and there isn't a lot of government regulation about it yet. There's an awful lot of talk. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more about it. And it's and there's some people that think there's going to be a, a moneyless society and a few years to come and others thought it was going to fall by the wayside. So I just wanted to throw cryptocurrency in for fun because uh, people talk to me about it and they ask and, and that's really what it is. It's just money through the internet. If you think of it like that. So we're up to our second break for the night. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about one of my favorites, the HELOC. And we will go through a few more acronyms uh, that we run across all the time. And we will see if there's any out there that you want to hear about. Always email or text us or the easiest way is to log into the Inspired Choices Network and just share with us your thoughts. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to keep talking in uh, acronyms and financial terms. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. 
Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and you are listening to Financially Speaking. And today we're talking we're talking in acronyms. Today we're talking about all the the words that are words within words that you hear, and you kind of wanted to know what they were all about. And before we went to break, we just threw in a little bonus on cryptocurrency because it's fun and it's out there and it's kind of new and new and hip and un unknown and not yet figured out. So uh, there we go. A lot of fun there. Now, I want to talk about a couple more terms that we hear. So we've talked about RSPs, RESPs, TFSA, RIFs, um, RDSPs in Canada. They are the Registered Disability Savings Plan. They work very similar to the reti- Registered Retirement Savings Plan, but you have to have a DTC, which is a Disability Tax Credit. So for anybody out there that has a Disability Tax Credit, that is assigned to somebody that has had uh, whatever situation come about where a doctor has signed off that they have a some kind of disability, physical, mental. Um, it, it doesn't matter as far as what kind it is for the disability tax credit. Once you have that, you automatically qualify for the RDSP. And I find that is the big step that everybody misses because you don't know that you qualify for it because you don't even know what it is. And the RDSP is basically free money, again, that is similar to the RESP where you get free money, but then it's similar to the RRSP because it's meant to be a uh, pension for people with a disability. So it saves you money, um, saves up your money rather, and treats it like a pension for when people are at the age with the, for retirement and they've got a disability. This is money that's been accumulated in through that avenue. So it's a very, very cool tool, and I find a lot of people that have disability tax credits at DTC uh, don't use it. So if you have one and you're in Canada, it's a disability tax credit known as a DTC, then you automatically qualify for the RDSP. Go talk to a financial advisor and ask them to apply for you because you do need a financial advisor to help you with that just for the paperwork. Um, So go see them and get your free money. The other one that we mentioned was a GIC. A GIC, the Guaranteed Investment Certificate, Guaranteed Income Certificate, um, those are the ones that you see uh, Guaranteed Investment Certificate, GICs. You see them advertised all the time, mostly by the banks, because they're, they'll always be saying GIC five-year rate is this. GIC one-year rate is this. Uh, whatever. And people think guaranteed, that one word in there, guaranteed, they think, wow, guaranteed is safety. So without doing proper planning or talking to an advisor, a lot of people gravitate towards these GICs. And you can get a GIC inside of your RSP, inside of your TFSA. You can get it on its own. Like it's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of flexibility in the same way as a lot of the other investment tools do. But what's guaranteed is the amount of money that you're going to get. So if your guaranteed investment certificate for uh, two years is going to be 2%, 
you got to think about, can I make more than 2%? Now, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of places where GIC makes sense. But for a typical investment for your long term, you might want might to look at that or consider what you're doing with it. So a long-term plan, if you're going to make 5%, 2% in two years or 3% in five years, you have to really look at what is inflation and how is that going to look when it, when it comes due um, and matures. And what are you going to do when it matures? you got to watch that it doesn't automatically get reinvested. This is where I really think it's important for you to talk to an, an advisor and get some advice on uh, what's, what kind of plan are you putting together, what's that plan going to look like, because GICs, the Guaranteed Investment Certificate, while that, you know, for example, five-year GIC at 3%, while that 3% is guaranteed in five years, uh, not always the best option for everybody. It's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to investing. Just remember that. So uh, just because that's what you see advertised doesn't mean that that's necessarily for you. There, There is always good places to use all these different tools. Just remember, they don't all have to be used by you. <laughs> So uh, that's the GIC. Um, let's talk about the Dow. You hear about the Dow all the time, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and you hear about the TSX all the time, and <clears throat> that's the Toronto Stock Exchange. Those are the places when they talk about um, trading or what's the market doing or this is what the Dow is or whatever, you know, this is what the TSX closed at. That's the exchange. That's the place where all these trades are taking places. So if you have traders, stock traders, that are physically at the TSX today or they're physically at the uh, in New York on the trading floor on Wall Street, so they're physically at the NASDAQ or they're at the Dow, you know, they're they're actually trading the stocks. So if if your your advisor is said that you're going to buy a particular investment that goes to the money managers and the money manager has their traders saying, get me so many shares of this, get me so many shares of that or sell me so many shares of that. So those are the people that are physically on the floor. And that's where that's where all the trading takes place. So those are the exchanges for the trades. Now, um, ETFs are electronic fund, or sorry, EFT. EFTs are electronic fund transfers. And we've probably all done some electronic fund transfers at some point. But the one that you hear more about now is ETFs. So an ETF is an exchange-traded fund. And that's an investment that's traded on the stock exchange similar to a stock. And that particular investment or particular fund has assets like stocks, commodities, or bonds. And it generally operates so... It's trading with the direction that the the the, the fund is, the exchange is trading. So it's an exchange traded fund. So it's usually tra- changing in coordination with the exchange. So that's what that ETF is. Uh, the other thing that you've probably been hearing a lot about lately is MERs, and MERs are management expense ratios. There's a lot of really uh, incorrect information out there about MERs. And there's a lot of stuff, to, a lot of people talk about your expenses and how much it costs for you to own a particular investment. Because you have to remember, the people that are trading the stocks and the portfolio managers and advisors, they're all getting paid. Like they're not working for free. And in some cases, uh, they get paid directly by the person. There's fee based or fee for service. 
and you pay them. Uh, more often than not, there's uh, fee base, which is um, where a percentage portion of your portfolio is used as a man as a as a fee payment every quarter or every month. And then there's commission paid, where it's based. It's part of the management fee. So the management fee is a little bit higher on commission based. Um, either way, everybody gets paid, and management fees are what you look at. So if a management fee on a fund, an MER, is two percent, then that means that the management expense ratio is 2% on that fund. So if it's a million dollars, then 2% of a million dollars is what they get paid to manage the fund. And that's everybody, the portfolio manager, the uh, uh, the money comes out and, and a part of, it, part of it goes to the company for that the advisor works for us, the advisor gets paid, the portfolio manager gets paid. So out of that, that's where it gets paid. So 2% could be the management expense ratio. Um, ETFs, why you hear a lot about ETFs and MERs together is because ETFs typically have a smaller MER because there's not much management happening. So that's one of the key things. And this all comes down, once again, to talk to a professional advisor, set up a plan for you, and see what's best. You don't have to own every single type of acronym out there. You just pick the one that works for you. Some people, ETFs make sense based on your age, your risk, all that stuff, sometimes it makes sense to have a GIC for some things. It makes sense to have RSPs for some things. Sometimes it doesn't. So all these acronyms, don't get confused thinking I have to go buy all these acronyms. You do not. You're not investing in all the acronyms. So just keep that in mind. And that's that's really the MER is the expense ratio. So that's how much it costs for that particular fund to be managed. Um, the last thing I want to talk to you about before we go to break is something called net worth. And net worth, and we might talk about this after the break too, because it's actually a pretty important and very cool topic. I know it's not an acronym, but net worth is when we take all these things and we can figure out what we have. So we have assets. Assets is stuff that makes you money. Liabilities is stuff that you owe money on. And the difference between the two, if it's positive, is a positive net worth. If it's negative, it's a negative net worth. And you hear a lot about that with uh, politicians and you hear a lot about that with wealthy people when they say what their net worth is, right? They'll say, oh, their net worth is $100 million. Well, I'm not sure I always believe those numbers, but in theory, it would be when you take everything that they make and everything that they owe and you subtract the difference, that's how much they're, they're worth, how much they have. So that is a net worth. Now, why is it important? Because you get asked for it when you go to apply for a mortgage, when you go to a um you don't get asked what is your net worth in that words all the time. You do if you turn to a financial advisor, but um, your net worth, when they figure it out, because they want to see uh, what your repayment's like, what your, you know, what it's, what kind of risk you're going to be. And ideally, your net worth should be growing every year. So it should be going up. That's why most people don't check, but really, it's kind of a fun thing at the end of the year. Um, just write down your assets and liabilities and then see what the difference is and it should be going up every year because if it's going up that means you're keeping more of your money and you're paying off more of what you owe or you've paid off what you owe and you're just investing better or or keeping more in your pocket so net worth is important because it all comes together and it, it will all be done when you talk to an advisor so that they can see that you're also in the right investments too so that is a little bit about your net worth and why we need it. And you should know it, like your credit score. We've talked about that before. 
and all the things and reasons why we want to know our credit score, we also should know our net worth score or net worth number. So we're going to take our final break of the night, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a few more our um, few more acronyms. We're going to talk about a few more RFPs. We can if you want, but we'll talk about a few more acronyms, and uh, then we will talk about next week. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, and this is the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we're going to continue to talk in acronyms. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and this is the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking. And before we went to break, we were just talking about some acronyms and some financial terms, as we were for the, the whole uh, time together tonight. And we do have a few more terms, I, financial terms I want to share with you because you do hear these ones a lot. Uh, capital gains, capital losses. So capital gains or capital losses Really, what that means is capital is the amount of money you invested, and the difference between what you've invested and what you've made is the amount that would be taxable. So if you invested $100 and you made you know, $200 on it, so it's now worth $1,200, then that $200 difference is the capital gain. If you had $1,000 invested and you now have $900, then that's $100 capital loss. And... The tax on the capital gain is a nice, efficient way of doing taxes and some tax planning because you know the way things are invested. So if it's not registered and it's open, which is the capital gains, for example, um, say you have $1,000 invested, then you cash it in at $1,200, then you only owe part of the tax on the $200. You don't owe tax on all of the $200. It's taxed at 50%, so $100 
will owe whatever your marginal tax rate is on it. So it's, it can be tax efficient. And these are things we want to talk to our advisors about. Uh, tax refunds. People generally think, oh, tax refund is I got money back. Yes, you got money back. You got your money back. The money that you had let the, the government have access to for a year, that is what you got back. So if you owe money on a tax return, then that means you didn't give the government enough money during the year. And if you had a tax refund, that means you gave the government too much money of your money during the year and you now get it back. So that is what a tax refund is. Um, and there's different ways of, there's different things obviously that affect your tax returns that um, can make it a refund or make it a, um, a payment. So just keep those things in mind. And again, all these things come together and work together to calculate your taxes owing as part of your investments, if you've cashed them in, and there's things that your investments can have an impact on your tax return. So all these things are really working together. And like I said at the beginning of the show, there's a lot of shows on this network that work together. There's a lot of pieces in your financial plan that work together. And that's why it's nice to work with an advisor. And if you have a, a, a bigger estate, for, for example, or a business, then it's nice if your advisor works with your accountant or works with your lawyer and you're always doing tax planning and you should always have an estate plan. Even if you think it's not very big, your estate, you, you still have one. And it's always nice to have an estate plan because have something you're working towards instead of scrambling at the end, hoping that now that I'm retiring, maybe I should figure out how to be more efficient. So it's always nice to start when you're younger, but now's the best time to start. And the last financial term I want to share with you, I mentioned it earlier, is called a HELOC. That's a home equity line of credit. We've heard more about those lately. Those are essentially uh, similar to a mortgage. It takes the place of a mortgage though. So a home equity line of credit is a line of credit using your house as the collateral. And it's uh, good and it's bad. It depends on what kind of spender you are. So if you're disciplined and you can pay down the line of credit, then you can save a lot of money or you should be able to save a lot of money in interest over a traditional mortgage, for example. Um, if you're a spender and you pay it down and you see that you now have room or access to a bunch of money, you might go out and spend money on it. So you never get it paid down. So you have to be very careful and very disciplined. And again, these are parts where people think, oh, I just bought a house, I'll get a mortgage. But do I get a regular mortgage? Do I get a home equity line of credit? Do I get a hybrid, which is a combination of the two? Talk to your financial advisor. It helps. They put they work with all the pieces of your life. So they work with the part that is about education. They work with the part about your retirement. They work with tax efficiencies. They work with your desire to leave money to charity or to set up a foundation or to leave a legacy. Uh, they There's a lot of things that that go to making up the desired life that you want. And they may not be the ones to do the work, but they certainly play a part in the plan that you have for them. So I, I always recommend people get an opinion from a financial advisor. It's not locking you in. You're not married to them forever. If you don't like them or you're not comfortable with them, you can change no problem. So, But I, I do always say make sure it's somebody that you're comfortable with and comfortable with to ask questions. Because there's nothing worse than, than somebody sitting there feeling like they, they shouldn't ask questions or they don't want to be made to feel stupid. So, And I get that a lot. That's why I say it. People say, well, I didn't want to feel stupid, so I didn't ask my advisor. And um, 
I, I just say it's your money. <laughs> it's your money. You should ask them. So absolutely. Um, those are some of the financial terms that I see fairly regularly. And I think there are a lot of financial terms that you see uh, or hear of at least. Um, the last one we mentioned, uh, the Dow and the TSX. The one I didn't mention was the Forex. And that's the foreign exchange trade. And it's very similar to the, the, the trading arena that we trade the stocks in. But uh, the Forex is one that changes foreign currency in. So when you hear about people trading on the Forex, that means they're trading uh, just in currency. So they're just trading Canadian dollars for U.S. dollars, for uh, Mexican pesos, for pounds in the U.K. They're, 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 that's all they're doing. They're trading different kinds of currency. That's it. There's no stocks. There's no companies. There's no nothing. But they, they just are trading money. So, um, And that gives you an idea always on you know, if the dollar's up or the dollar's down and what's it trading against, that's where you can trade it. So there's just all kinds of financial stuff out there that's exciting to learn and exciting to know. And again, if there's any topics that you want to know specifically about, or maybe there's something that you want to know, just uh, you have a question about a particular topic and don't want it to be a whole topic, then we will do a show on a smorgasbord of ideas and just we'll have all the different questions come in and we'll just do a and answer all the questions and answer what it is that you want to know about. Next week, we're going to be talking about making good spending choices. And it's not always people think I got to make more money and that's how I'm going to save and do better. But the reality is it's, it's how much money you make isn't the key per se. It's how much money you keep in your pocket and keeping your bank and in your family. So it's really about making good spending choices. And that's what we want to talk about. So, if there's any questions or there's any uh, uh, ideas that you want to hear, please reach out to us at the network. We're always excited to hear from people. If you want to be a host, reach out to us. That's exciting. And we will see you again next week. Thank you all so much for sharing the time with us. We always love talking about money here on Financially Speaking. And we will see you again next week right here. Same place, same network. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.